Hello and welcome to In the Studio with Anne podcast. I'm Anne and as always, thank you so much for listening. So we are still in week four, but we are on chapter two, which is obedience. We are reading Praying for Boys and discussing the questions at the end, which are really good ones. I have to say, if I wouldn't be really thinking about these questions, I don't think I'd be making the progress that I'm making in trying to sort of connect a little bit more with my son. So I'm super excited to discuss them. So let's dive right in. So the first question is, describe the first time your son deliberately disobeyed you and did you recognize it immediately? How did it make you feel? And parents of older kids, how has the battle for obedience changed as your boys has got, have gotten older? So I cannot remember the first time that Lucas deliberately disobeyed me, but I can say that the way it makes me feel is mad and hurt. I think when he was younger, it did not bother me as much as it does now that he's older because I know that he knows what he's doing. And I think, you know, I take things way more personal than I need to. Um, I feel like I'm seeing the value in picking my battles with my kids. I want them to be free thinkers and practice pushing back a bit as I hope they will do that in the future. But and also just not be told what to do all the time. But as a parent, I know that there are those places of non-negotiable things that I will battle with them for their obedience. And in those areas, I'm following through much, much more with more discipline or with doing what I say when I actually give them a punishment, when I'm having heart-to-heart talks about why we feel the way we do, just letting them really know where we're coming from so that they understand why the follow-through has to happen. Um, This is something that, although they do not like, I feel like, you know, we're letting them know that there are those areas that they just have to obey, basically, you know. I feel like I don't want to be in constant battle with my kids, and I really, really look at I don't want them to be obedient all the time because like I said, I don't want them to be just like, oh, I have to do whatever I'm told all the time, no matter what it is. Um, You know, I want them to be able to push back if they need to or to do something the way that they want to do it. And there are those things that I'm, I'm okay with, you know, there being a negotiation with certain things. Um, But then there's those other things that there's just not any room for that. And I think that we have to have that in our lives with the people we have relationships with. You know, when we put boundaries up and we sort of have those non-negotiables, if you have someone who really pushes back on you, then that kind of is, for me, a red flag because I'm like, eh, they're not really wanting to abide by my boundaries. And I feel like, you know, that's sort of where I'm at with the kids and I do take my role as a parent seriously, so I also realize that I can't just sit back and be like, okay, well, sure, whatever you guys want to do all the time, especially with my son. So I'm realizing that with Lucas, um, I have to pick those things that I just know very strongly in my heart. It's my duty to give him more discipline in that area, that by him not obeying, we're having other issues which are kind of like a side effect per se of 
the disobedience and that side effect is unhealthy and I don't want that unhealthiness and it's my job to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I do try to remind him a lot of the things that he does get to have, you know, the negotiation with, but that with these other things, it's a non-negotiable. And I think that because when they were younger, like I mentioned, especially my son, you know, I didn't really push back as much. So some of these things that with parents that have really been from the very beginning, very firm about those things, they wouldn't have these issues at the age that I'm having, but we were a little lax and now I'm realizing, okay, this is a non-negotiable now. This has to be obeyed. So I'm trying also not to take it very personally when there is that disobedience that happens and rather than just get really angry and mad and like sensitive that I take the opportunity to be more loving and understanding and talk about, you know, why did you feel that you should have made that decision? And I think I discussed this in the last chapter, which was um, heart change, which was to, you know, rather than change, were you so worried about changing the behavior, trying to change their heart. So having the discussion to say, you know, what is going on? you know, sort of try to dig deeper into the heart of why the disobedience is happening. And I think the two marry very well together. Um, So yeah, I thought this this question was extremely thought provoking and very interesting, how it's kind of all tying together. And the second question was, do you have a plan for teaching your son obedience? Or are you more of a heat of the moment kind of parent? (laughs) I feel like this question really made me think as well, because I do not know if I ever thought about this, so I guess I, I guess I am more of a heat of the moment parent right now, but I think I would like to have more of a plan. Um, as my son gets older, I'm really am thinking about the fact that I'm raising a man, which I take very, very seriously, and I see the value in being prepared and having a plan in place for how I want him to how I want to create an obedient spirit in him also while keeping his free thinking and the confidence in him to stand up to people as well. So I also feel like I don't want to put my baggage on him because obedience is very hard for me. I've never actually honestly liked this word ever and still kind of like makes me cringe. Um, I never really have, I don't think I've been a very obedient person. It's just not my personality. Um, I think it's because maybe I had no opportunity to be or anyone who really showed me enough respect to earn that place with me. Um, if I'm going to be obedient, you really need to earn that with me. That's just my journey. Um, I also do not want my son or any of my children to just learn to obey and do what everybody or anybody tells them to do because, I also see many problems or side effects with that as well. So I think this may be even more of a reason for me to have a plan and really think about the actions that I'm taking each day and sort of where they're leading, the language that I'm using with my son. Um, I think the older that he is now, I'm realizing the language that I use and the way I respond is just so, so much more important. Um, And even with my daughter, because she's eight, you know, 
I think there could be some improvement there. So I really see the value in in having a plan. And I think it's really cool how this question made me think about the fact of like, yeah, I guess I am more of like more heat of the moment. And is that how I really want to be? Um, number three, have you ever considered how teaching obedience leads naturally to a deeper understanding of the gospel? I think I'm just realizing that now. Um, I think that's why my husband and I, for different reasons, really struggle with church and growing deeper with our faith. Um, I've never learned great obedience and I've never had anyone who looked out for me and what was best for me in the ways that I should have had. And Dustin had someone who just demanded obedience and did not allow for free thinking at all in ways of his faith and feelings or emotions. Um, I maybe had too much of a place for free thinking and freedom and trying to find a balance between the two and create that happy place for our kids is a challenge. I know that teaching him obedience has value and having a plan, um, that that's going to be really important to being able to create that space. It's going to be taking some big intention. Um, and I think that that's like the whole point of this book is she's showing to be very intentional and to be really thinking. And that's what I really love about what she did. She's an amazing author in the way that she really laid all this out because, um, you know, it, it's just like doing the prayers and really praying the 10 prayers 10 times a day. It takes intention. You really have to have a plan and think about how am I going to execute this and I feel like I know that about everything in my life, but then here I am being a little lax when it comes to my son and thinking, well, he's just going to turn out fine, but I don't really have a plan. So maybe he won't, you know, um, maybe every, I don't want to look back and say, well, if I would have executed a better plan, maybe, you know, he would have learned some of the things he needed to learn. So yeah, very, very thought provoking. Um, I really, it also made me think that I am really thankful that my husband and I are in a place in our marriage now that we can have really good heart to heart conversations with each other, which is leading us to lead our kids better. Um, I see where we were not that way that not that long ago. And I think that if we would have stayed on that path, that we would not even be in a place to be able to execute a plan for our son because we would not really truly even know ourselves enough to have mended our wounds enough to be able to make that plan for him. Um, I think that the whole reason we did not have that marriage as well, if I really think about it, is that my it was my husband's lack of obedience. And I think that was, you know, to do what he knew was right by us and our marriage and not allowing for us to be in covenant with each other by being disobedient. Um, our marriage just wasn't what it was supposed to meant to be. Um, so very, very, this, this question is really kind of taking me very, very deep into layers here, which then leads to question number four, which is this chapter included this statement. Ladies, if your man cannot submit to Jesus, he cannot lead you. A man must be willing to be led before he can truly be led. How does this idea affect your thoughts about teaching your son obedience? It really makes me very aware the importance of it because 
I want my son to be a good leader. I want him to be a good husband. I want him to be a good father. I do not want him to miss out on happiness like we did because he's stuck not being able to have obedience to allow himself to be led so he can truly lead the way he was designed to lead in the future. I think this is why I was so passionate about my husband being true to himself and being the man he was supposed to be so that our family would stop suffering. Um, You know, I feel like, yeah, the layer that this took me to in realizing that it is just very, very true. And that's how we got to where we were. And it's interesting that, you know, when my husband and I first got married, now, although I was not, I wasn't terrible, but I guess I could see some reasons, but not really, um, reasons why I was not at all accepted. And many people told him not to even marry me, including his mother, who never really ever accepted me. And it's interesting that she claimed to be this wonderful Christian person, but she was actually very, very damaging to the covenant of our marriage, even knowing what the Bible says. And it was her lack of discipline and obedience to the Bible because of serving her own flesh. And so it was interesting that I had to be the person to kind of lead him in that direction so then he can lead us by being set free you know to be who he was supposed to be so he could lead his family um it's just very interesting how it all transpired but and it really makes the words that she writes in this book very 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 true and we can oftentimes just dismiss these things but it's it's no joke. It's a, it's a serious thing. And when we're raising men, which is what we're doing when we have a son, a little boy, he's going to be a man. We need to think about this stuff. We need to think of his future self and the, the, the language that we're using now, the, the actions that we're taking now, you know, what he's seeing between you and your husband. And doesn't mean that if you're single, you know, that can't happen. Um, but you know, I feel like, you know, she even referenced that in the beginning of this book, but I just feel like, yes, this, this is even more affirming to me that because I struggle with obedience, which makes me struggle making my son be obedient. It's just giving me that extra affirmation to know that in the non-negotiable areas that I can feel stronger really working on his obedience because I know that it's going to make him better in the future. So this, this, these questions were really amazing. Um, so number five, are there any discipline practices you have been using that need to be tweaked in order to better reflect the gospel message? Well, another great question. It's very thought provoking. Um, I'm sure that there are many, and I think I need to ponder this maybe a little bit more and I feel like what are your thoughts on this because this is one that I could really I mean all of these I could really um, grow upon what you have to say but this one I feel like I think one that comes to mind could be being disciplined with going to church showing you know the commitment there 
setting that example, I think I could be better about showing him and telling him how I feel about his dad as a husband and father leading our family. Um, I could be better about showing him a calm and loving spirit more often than I have, I guess, if I'm honest, because I have just gotten so like upset about the disobedience. And maybe that's because I need a heart change, you know, just like we pray for our son's heart and we want our sons to have that heart change to say, you know, what in our heart needs to change so that we will respond differently. I needed that. Um, I do tend to take things more personal than I should and I get upset fast. Um, I feel like although I have reason to do that because of past wounds, especially past wounds between Dustin and I because our marriage hasn't always been great. I need to respond more from where we are now versus from my past wounds and trauma, which is so hard. Um, I feel like there needs to be like a separate podcast on that alone because that is hard. Um, I think as I think more about it, I'll come up with a lot more things, to be honest, But I love that this book has these questions and I love that it really makes me think and take a lot of notes. Like she said, she wants this book to be a tool that we reference quite often. So I'm loving the fact that I can reference back to the blog post. I'm also making notes. So I would encourage you to make lots of notes and try to like piece it all together because I know for me, it's all just kind of like peeling away layer after layer after layer and it just keeps getting deeper and entangled and I love that I think that we all need to take the time to be able to allow ourselves the opportunity to think about these things our lives are so busy and there isn't much time and we can oftentimes say no but we need to say yes to time where we're slowed down you know technology is great But it's also taking away from the moments of just sitting back and reflecting. And I I know that we want to keep up with everything that's going on in life, but our future selves are telling us to take the time to really ponder questions like this. Because I know if I wouldn't be doing this, I wouldn't be making any changes to my day-to-day and every day that I make a change one small change leads to big changes you know it doesn't have to be overnight transformation but every day one or two small changes leads to big changes in the future so I hope that you enjoyed this chapter I hope that these questions were as thought-provoking as they were for me like I always say please share your thoughts reach out to me privately if you'd rather do that versus on a public forum, message me. Um, I would love to hear from you. And again, if you are just silently following along, I really hope that you are getting something out of this, even if you're not wanting to share. So join me for the next chapter's questions, which is going to be overcoming fears, which I'll be doing in the next blog post and podcast. So whichever way you like to listen and follow along. But in the meantime, I pray for health and happiness. This is In the Studio with Anne podcast. I'm Anne. Thank you so much for listening.